Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. Have you ever made choices in your life that you wish you could take back? Uh, I remember when I was uh, 15 years old, uh, I, I was hanging around with some, some kids that were a couple years older than me, and people thought I was older than I was. And uh, there's a lady at church that said, hey, would you go across the street in my car and get us some, something to drink? And I thought, well, yeah, sure. And uh, I had a friend with me who was the voice of reason, and he said, are you sure you ought to do that? I said, oh, it'll be fine. So I went across the street. I got her uh, drinks for her, and uh, on the way back, I came to a yield sign. I looked to the left and looked to the right and pulled out into a car and had an accident. My father, uh, when he, he, put, he came across uh, the way uh, to see what was going on, and uh, he said when he saw my face, he said, I, I didn't have the heart to chew you out. He said, after I saw your face. But, you know, we've all had those choices that we've made at life, probably at one time or another, we wish we could take back. Um, Our choices are incredibly important as children of God. And uh, the choices that we make spiritually are the most important choices we could make. Uh, As, of course, the choice to become a Christian is the first and most important choice, but but then afterwards, we have choices each and every day of how we're going to live our lives. Uh, Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. So this is a daily choice we make. I think probably even more frequently than that, uh, we choose uh, to follow Christ. Uh, the enemy puts a tempting thought in our mind. We have a choice of what we do with that. Uh, do we pray for the Holy Spirit to quicken us and help us in that moment? Or do we follow that path of temptation? So uh, we're, we're faced with these choices all the time. But as we make good choices, it can make a tremendous difference in our life spiritually. Uh, yes, we're saved by grace, not by works. Um, and, and so uh, it's not that our performance causes us to be closer to God, but our choices keep us either from... Uh, quenching the Spirit of God, or we choose something that quenches the Spirit of God. And so uh, we have a choice to walk in the abundant life through our choices or to walk in the path of spiritual uh, death, so to speak, uh, uh, not, not in the sense of being lost, but in the sense of, of the death of, that comes through our choices. And so uh, the abundant life is one issue, but also our effectiveness. As we choose the right things in our lives, we can be used more effectively by God. And so uh, all these things are important. And so Paul has been talking about uh, forgetting those things which are behind. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And now he's going to give us some specific choices that we can make as children of God to help us uh, press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And uh, these choices, he, he's, he's going to compare some who have become the enemies of the cross of Christ through what they're doing and saying and so forth, uh, to those who they are to imitate. And there's a choice of which way uh, they're to live their lives. And so uh, the title of my message is Choices That Change Lives. 
Uh, and we need to make these choices uh, in the right way so that we can uh, live in the fullness of what God has for us. So look with me at verse 17. It says, Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. So choices that change lives. Uh, What choices should we make? Well, first of all, we need to choose our examples. We need to choose our examples. Verse 17 He says, uh, join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. And so he says, look, follow me as an example. Another place he says, follow me as I follow Christ. I like that statement a little bit better because there are times I know in my life where I don't follow Christ the way I should. Uh, If I'm doing the wrong thing, please don't imitate me. (laughs) But if I'm doing the right thing, if I'm following Christ, you can imitate me. But Paul says, imitate me, imitate those who are living the Christian life like I'm living. And so, uh, find those godly people, those who display the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control that are the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, And imitate their way of life. Imitate uh, their habits. Because, listen, we all have habits, don't we? Some have good habits, some have bad habits. We all, most of us have both uh, in our lives. And, and so uh, choose these habits, these spiritual habits that will make a difference in your life. And imitate the behavior. Now you say, well, how do I imitate somebody who's spiritually mature? Well, first of all, you've got to recognize what that behavior is. What is this behavior that I'm supposed to imitate? But then after that, You need to learn how to walk in the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not enough just to see godly behavior and say, boy, I sure would like to be like that. Uh, I'm sure you, I've I've felt that way. I've thought, wow, that person, uh, man, they love Jesus or they're a bold witness or uh, love the way they serve God uh, with the joy of the Lord. And uh, boy, I wish I could be like that. That's one thing to say that. It's another thing to have the energy and the power of the Holy Spirit living through you so that you can then begin to live those things out. Because you really can't do it in the energy of your own flesh. So one of the greatest things you can do to help you imitate the godly behavior of others and those in the Scripture as well is to ask God to teach you more and more how to live in the filling of His Holy Spirit. Because then He will be living His life through you. Um, I, I was reading a book uh, years ago called Power Up, and he mentioned four things to living a spirit-filled life. He said, first of all, keep your sins confessed. Take care of the barriers of fellowship, okay? Uh, just, uh, I sinned when I fill in the blank, okay? That's confession. And then ask God to give you a repentant heart. The second thing is, ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. 
The Gospel of Luke gives us a great promise. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Isn't that a great promise? And so, now, if you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit living within you, uh, but does the Spirit have you? And so, uh, when, we, when we pray for the Holy Spirit to fill us, we're praying for Him to, to take control, to take charge in our life, and to live through us. Um, and we can definitely do that. So, uh, Adrian Rogers said it this way. He said, is the Holy Spirit resident in you, or is He president in you? Uh, so that's the difference uh, between living in the filling of the Holy Spirit. We're surrendered uh, to Him. And so uh, confession, uh, ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit, uh, trust in Him uh, through the power, through His power. Sometimes I've had to, to pray that prayer that the man prayed with Jesus. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Okay? But trust is important because I, I need to respond to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's going to be in charge of my life, I need to have a surrendered heart to follow Him. And then um, also uh, surrender, which is part of trust as well. Uh, surrender uh, to His Lordship. Uh, so this is, a, this is a choice that I must make. And sometimes I need to ask the Holy Spirit to help me with that. Have you ever uh, known you needed to repent but didn't want to repent? Okay. Uh, I think probably all of us have been there at one time or another. Uh, and so you can say, Lord, repent through me. But uh, confession, ask for the Holy Spirit, uh, surrender, and trust. And those four things are keys to living the Spirit-filled life. Ask God to do that through you. Ask God to train you and teach you some on-the-job training and how to live filled with the Spirit. And then follow those examples in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so... Uh, these choices, uh, choose your examples. Now, all of us have examples we, um, we can choose to follow. And some of us, we all pretty much have good examples and bad examples, right? You probably have that in your family, much less uh, other people outside your family. You've got good examples and bad examples. And so um, how do you identify uh, the good examples? I mentioned the filling of the Holy Spirit. Um, but uh, as you look and, and read in the Scripture, you will find uh, the, the godly character of our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll find the godly character that's displayed uh, in uh, the disciples and so forth. And as they begin to grow in their walk with God, um, of course, they weren't perfect. But you, you can see some patterns. You can see the pattern of faith. You can see the pattern of um, a commitment to God. Surrender to God. Jesus called for commitment. And so uh, let your example be somebody who is committed to the things of God. So uh, those are some, uh, some ideas for you. So uh, we choose our examples. The Bible says the companion of fools will be destroyed. Now all of us need to have some foolish friends. Because what are we to do? We're to seek to reach them for Christ, right? But they don't need to be your companion. They don't need to be the closest friends that you have. Why? Because when you spend a great deal of time with somebody, you tend to be influenced by that person. Uh, so, uh, companion of fools will be destroyed. So, uh, yes, have lost friends, but just don't spend all your time with them. <laughs> uh, spend your time with people that will influence you in the right direction. So, our examples. 
uh, choosing our examples is a choice that can change our lives. Secondly, our path. He says in verse um, uh, 18, he says that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. There's two categories of people uh, in this life. There are those who are the enemies of the cross of Christ. And there are those who are living for the cross of Christ. Those two, two simple categories, okay? Uh, scripture says that those who are lost are the enemies of God. Now, Paul's probably speaking here of a group of people that are more actively engaged as enemies of Christ. But all unbelievers are enemies of Christ. So we have a choice. Uh, that choice is made, first of all, when we either choose to uh, repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, or we choose to ignore the, the conviction and drawing of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and quench that and move on and, and reject that offer of Christ. We're choosing a path. There's, and, and not to choose is to choose. Some people say, well, you know, I'm just not going to make a decision right now. Well, that is to choose against Christ um, because if you were to die in your sins at that very moment, you die lost. So um, just, just putting it off is, is a choice in and of itself. So uh, choosing which path you're going to be on. But then even after you become a Christian, you have a daily choice of which path you're going to live. Um, the scripture says that we have an old nature and a new nature. So every child of God who is a genuine child of God has an old nature that wants to do evil and a new nature that wants to please God. And there's a civil war going on inside the heart of every child of God. Um, matter of fact, uh, Paul expressed his own frustration at dealing with this in Romans chapter 7 and said, Woe is me! Who will be, deliver me from this body of death? Have you ever felt that way? Lord, that's old nature. I just keep... You know, I want to do the right thing, and then I do the wrong thing, and uh, what am I to do? And so, how do we choose the path that God has called us to choose? Well, we, we uh, again, need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, the Bible says in Romans 8 that uh, through the quickening power or, or the strengthening uh, help of the Holy Spirit, God can overcome this fleshly desire that we have within us and help us live out the Christian life in the way that He desires. It's supernatural. God never called us to live a Christian life that we could live in our own strength. He called us to live a supernaturally empowered life through the Holy Spirit living His life through us. And so uh, those same things I mentioned would apply in this case not only with our examples, but also in the path that we choose. Um, now, this, this path choice, again, happens multiple times a day, right? Uh, you have a choice. Uh, you hear a conversation that's not pleasing to God. You have a choice of how you're going to respond to that. Uh, you have a temptation come along. You have a choice of how you're going to respond to that. Uh, you have uh, discouragement in your life, or you have... Uh, trouble in your life, you have a, dis a decision, how am I going to respond to this? I can take one of two paths. I can, uh, as, uh, I can be grumbly hateful or humbly grateful, right? It's another Adrian Rogers. 
Uh, anyway, um, this is a choice we make, and we do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, also, we do it through the Word of God. Uh, Romans 12 says, uh, be not conformed to this world. In other words, left to ourselves, we tend to drift back to worldly ways. Be not conformed to this world, but be instead transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, we make a choice each day of whether or not to be in God's Word. This is our spiritual food, but it is also what helps to change us within so that we begin to make better choices in life. Uh, it will affect some of these other things we're talking about, um, but, uh, but our path, is so, it's so important that we choose to live wisely. Uh, Proverbs talks about two different women. It's a, using personification. Uh, there's the righteous woman that calls to the simple, uh, and then there's the foolish woman that calls to the simple. And uh, he has a choice. Which one am I going to listen to? And that's a, that's a picture of the fact that this world is calling to us to live in a certain way. God is calling us to live in a certain way. And these two voices are speaking into our lives. And if we're in the Word of God, the Scripture will, will speak to us and will call us to live in the way that God has asked us to live. Um, so part of choosing the right path in our life is hearing the right voice, and that voice is found in the pages of Scripture. And so, uh, choices that change lives, what choices to make, we need to choose our examples, our paths, thirdly, our thoughts, our thoughts. Look at verse 19, it says, Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly Things. They think about earthly things. They have an earthly mindset. Their thoughts are directed in a certain way. Now, I talked about don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the scripture does help us uh, with our thoughts as well. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So the scripture helps us with our thoughts. But uh, we also have a choice of how we're going to respond to thoughts. Now, sometimes I believe a thought comes just from, from our own, um, could be our old nature, could be our new nature, it just comes. Another time, it could be the enemy implanting a thought in our mind. Uh, you remember what, uh, what the uh, Scripture says, about the one individual who says, why, why has Satan filled your heart to do such and so? Um, and, and the idea is that Satan put a thought in, in his mind so that he would then carry this out. Um, oftentimes a Christian may have a thought implanted in their mind by Satan. But we have a choice of what we do with that thought. Uh, we can choose to allow our mind to go down that trail it could be, some example might be a, a thought of bitterness towards someone who has wronged us. You've forgiven this person, you've moved on, and, and then you're thinking about what this person did. It's, remind, it's brought to mind 
maybe implanted in your mind by Satan. And you begin to think about it, and you begin to get angry. Oh, that person. And you let that anger swell and grow. And What are you doing? You're making the wrong choice with your thought life. Or you can choose when that thought of bitterness comes, you can choose to say, hi, I have already chosen to forgive in that, to forgive that. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you quicken me to love that person uh, with the love of Jesus? And, uh, and then change the subject. That's one of the greatest things you can do in your mind is change the channel. Did you know that? Uh, the remote control is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, I, I tell you what, sometimes there's a commercial uh, that I shouldn't be watching. I'll just be honest with you. And I'll change the channel. Or sometimes there's one that just annoys me. And I change the channel, okay? Um, listen, you can do that in your thought life. Change the channel. Instead of thinking about this, choose to redirect your mind to something else. It could be scripture that you've memorized. Or it could just be um, a prayer of thanksgiving. The enemy uh, attacks you in your thought life. You could say, Holy Spirit, please quicken me, give me strength. And then uh, you say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you purchased me with your blood. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your care for me. And you be, what have you done? You've, you've redirected your mind away from uh, this, this thought that the enemy's placed in your mind. Also, uh, sometimes uh, our attitudes. Sometimes people have a stronghold in their life with a certain attitude that they have. Uh, it could be an attitude of criticism. Uh, and they just constantly criticize other, other people. That's a stronghold in your life. It's a thought pattern that needs to be broken. Uh, we're to build each other up rather than tear each other down. And so uh, as we recognize that, we confess that to God. And then uh, we say, Holy Spirit, would you help me to edify and build up the body of Christ? Just quicken me and do this through me. And then take an objective step of kindness and love to, towards someone else. Okay? So, um, or... Um, if you're tempted uh, by a lustful thought, uh, again, change the channel in your mind. Take your thoughts captive. I love what Paul said in, uh, second, in second Corinthians chapter 10. He talks about Satan and his strategy of uh, thoughts and uh, uh, every high and exalted thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and of God. Uh, there could be a, a, a temptation to lust. It could be a, a, a false philosophy, uh, whatever it is, uh, he says, we take these thoughts captive uh, to do the will of Christ. And so uh, this is the idea. Uh, change the channel in your mind and ask God to quicken you with his Holy Spirit uh, so that you can have the right thought life. And then be in the word of God. Uh, we've talked about paths. Uh, Psalm 1 is one of the uh, first, uh, I think it's the second scripture I memorized when I was growing up. My mom worked with me on it. But, but Psalm chapter 1 talks about the two paths. It talks about, blessed is the man who doesn't stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. Uh, for his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law, he meditates day and night. What is he doing? He's choosing to direct his mind to the Word of God. So you have that quiet time, and 
God gives you a nugget or God just speaks a word of encouragement in your life, um, don't just leave it there in your quiet time. Uh, put it in your phone or write it down and think about it later that day. Uh, sometimes I've had a scripture that has encouraged me three or four times throughout the day. And what am I doing? I'm directing my mind to the things of God throughout my life, throughout my, throughout my day. Uh, he meditates on the scripture day and night. These are two different paths. There's one who's uh, walking uh, on the wrong path, who's standing in the way of sinners, who's sitting in the seat of the scornful. There's another who's gone a different path. His delight is in the law of the Lord. In this law, he meditates day and night. And you see, the path and the thought life are, are connected to each other. So that his meditation upon the word of God helps him walk on the right path. So it's so important. Your thought life is so critically important. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. He also said, out of the heart come murders, adulteries, and all these other kinds of sin. Uh, to the Pharisees, he said, you look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. You're full of decay and rottenness. Man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks on the heart. So our thought life is critically important. If you want to live in the abundant life, you've got to get a handle on your thought life. Because it will make a huge difference in your walk with God. So, um, choices that change lives. What should we choose? Our examples, our path, our thoughts. Finally, our weight. Uh, he says um, in verse 20, We eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for uh, that next promotion or... Uh, that next grandchild, nothing wrong with those things, but uh, are, you, are you waiting for the next toy that you can purchase, or are you waiting for Jesus to come back? It's a difference in perspective. You see, the world is focused on the things of this life. We're to be waiting for, for a different thing. Our treasure should not primarily be here. It should be in heaven. Um, and so, as we, as we uh, live for Christ here, as we do things, we, of course, lay, he lays up rewards. As we give, um, Jesus said, where your treasure is there, where your heart be also. But also, as we give, he lays up treasure in heaven. You remember what he said to the rich, rich young ruler? Sell what all you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. God doesn't ask us all to do that. But in his case, he knew what his idol was. But you see, um, what are you waiting for? It, what you're waiting for in your life will determine your perspective. Where's your focus? Is your focus on the things of this life, or is your focus on the things of the life to come? Because listen, some days are, are just hard, aren't they? Sometimes we live in a sin-cursed world, and, and you have a bad day, and everything goes wrong, and uh, and, you know... Uh, the stock market takes a downturn, and uh, somebody gets mad at you at work, and then you come home, and you get in a fight with somebody at home, and everything goes wrong. If everything goes wrong in your day, and you're a child of God, you can still have hope. Why? 
because this life is not all there is. Jesus is coming back. And what does he say? Uh, I love this. Um, verse, verse 21. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body. Are you sick? Uh, do you have issues with your health? Or um, I, I got a family member with a chemical imbalance in, in, his, in his brain. Um, listen, one day all that's going to go away. He's going to transform us into the likeness of his glorious body. And that's just the half of it. I mean, it, it's going to be so amazing what we're going to do. We're going to have a, a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem where there'll be no sin. There'll be no heartache. There'll be no death. There'll be no sorrow. We will live in the fullness of what God always intended us to live. What are you waiting for? Don't put your hope in earthly things where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal. Your treasure's in heaven and you're waiting on the things of God. You could have hope in the midst of your difficulties. What should you choose in your life? Choose your examples, your path, your thoughts, your weight. And God will help you press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And your life will make a difference. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, the great uh, counsel of the Apostle Paul that ultimately comes from you. Father, help us to choose the right examples in our lives, to choose the right path and the right thoughts and, and the right weight. Help us to do so through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, uh, we are unable to do anything without you. Um, so fill us with your Spirit. Live through us the life you've called us to live. And Lord, if there's somebody here tonight that is unsaved, I, I pray for for salvation. I pray that you give them the ability to genuinely repent of sin and put their trust in Jesus and, uh, and, and the boldness to step out and do that and make it public. There's somebody here today, Lord, perhaps that uh, maybe their, their mindset has been wrong or, or their, their weight uh, has been wrong uh, or, or one of these other things we've talked about. I just pray that they will uh, respond to you and choose today uh, to refocus.